Good morning. You are now in tune to Women Camp. Thank you for joining the conversation with Prophetess Servola and Dr. Charlene. Women Camp is a broadcast designed to inspire, motivate, and encourage women of all ages, shapes, colors, and sizes. We are all sisters, here to be courageous, anointed, mighty, and powerful. Stay tuned and join the conversation with Prophetess Servola and Dr. Charlene. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Women Camp. We are so excited to have you guys on the line with us today, and as we kick off this broadcast, getting into February, and we begin the, the couples talk, and we start to enjoy this wonderful experience of love that we talk about amongst each other as couples, and I'm so grateful that, um, you know, to have you on the line with us, Doc, you know, we had our women, uh, our women's camp ladies brunch uh, last Saturday, and it was so phenomenal. We had a lot of women from all over the Orlando area come together and um, and just share in the experience and be empowered and be strengthened. And we're so we're so excited. I was so excited about the impact from that event, and I've just been hearing feedback from various women just sharing the good news of of what God has done in that event. So, Doc, if you would just share with us a little bit about what you received out of the event before we dive into our subject matter for today. Oh, praise God. It was such an awesome uh, event on last Saturday. I really, 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 you know, enjoyed myself, and I got so much from each of the speakers. It was just so powerful, uh, especially when we started out, and we started out with uh, 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 Dana. Uh, yes, is it Dana? Was it Dana? Yeah, I'm thinking I'm getting her name wrong. <laughs> yes, and uh, I couldn't get the, the last name out right. I remember the first name good. Um, she was talking about time, and it was just, you know, just right on it when she was talking about, you know, what time represent to her and and it, you know, it radiated because it, 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 it not only represented things to her, it represented things to me and so many other ladies that were there that was present. And uh I enjoyed it because she was talking about the time, you know, would you where you gotta take off the cape and, 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 and not and you know, be the superwoman. You can you know, you can be yourself and not have the pressure of of life on you and she was talking about how the I represent I'm enough and the M represents the move to move and E represents enjoying God's blessings and your obedience and I I that just really stuck out, you know, I had to jot all of those things down because I wanted to, you know, hold on to those thoughts and keep them in remembrance so I can always go back and, 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 and focus on them. And we had Debbie that that was so phenomenal. She she talked about that Joseph you know, the dreamer, you know, and, and, and how he dealt with frustrations and how he was, you know, his life was in the midst of frustration, but yet through it all he was able to be 
what God had called for him to be, and he he went forth and 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 instead of showing evil unto those that did evil unto him, he turned it around and did and showed them good, and he showed them kindness, he showed them love, and 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 it was demonstrated through his actions, and I felt like that was so powerful when you talk about you know, that subject on being frustrated. And then you, prophetess, you, you came in and you closed it all out with fear. And, and you was talking about how fear was that false evidence appearing real, and you took us into a powerful testimony of your life and and and, and, and going to a different country and, 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 and working with disabled children and, and realizing that, you know, that these children were children that were more or less thrown away from their family. They just were given away or thrown away that didn't have, you know, no one that cared for them and no one that loved them. But then yet God put a place in place. I like that. God put a place in place that that they could receive love and, and they could receive care and they could know that, you know, their life is not, Ended because they have a defect or a mishap happen within their lives, but they can still yet, you know, uh, go on. And I and I want to correct myself because I said defect, but it, it, their lives didn't have a defect. Their life had a disability, and that disability it, it's important for us to make sure we understand that it's not something wrong with their lives that that they did. It was something that was wrong with their lives that just happened. So it was a disability, and, and and but in the midst of that, they were still yet able to smile. They were still yet able to live life, and and it was just so overwhelming and encouraging. I got so many responses from the different ladies that were there, and they were excited about everything. And I'm looking forward for the next woman counts problems. I know I'm, I could go on and on and on, but I'm definitely looking forward for the next women's camp. Wow. Oh, yes, yes. And and while we're on the subject, our next um, event is going to be hosted. Um, we have several different mini events in between. We have a closed swap coming up February the 18th um, that's going to be located in Brevard County at the Flock. That's 217-60 Lane in Rockledge, Florida, where we're going to be just doing a clothes swap. We're going to bring food to eat. But for those ladies who have clothes that you want to get rid of, you you know, you've grown out of them or you've, you know, you no longer have the taste or that's no longer your style, we encourage you to bring out and just enjoy in the fellowship with other ladies as we just swap, you know, out our clothes, our purses, jewelry, whatever it is. Um, that you believe um, you want to get rid of and just share with or just bless someone with, um, we invite you to join us on February the 18th. Our next Women Camp um, special event is going to be on May the 13th, and that um, that event is going to be our Ladies' Tea. So I look forward to pushing out some more information to you guys about that in the coming weeks um, and just sharing with you guys the good news that we have coming up with that. But, Doc, you're so right. It was so um, such a blessing to hear from each one of the speakers. And, and even you shared with us, and you were talking about distractions, and you gave us a list of about nine things that were distractors for us as women, you know, recognizing that at times if we don't 
And we don't, if we're not careful, then our, our family can be distractors, then fear can be a distractor, then, then our faith can be a distractor, you know. <clears throat> so we have to keep ourselves in alignment. Food can be a distraction to us. I remember that one because that was a key one. I was like, oh, Lord, Jesus, food. Help me, Lord, help me, Lord. But as we continue to have the discussion with the ladies, one of the things that I was so um, encouraged with is that a lot of them left empowered to pursue fearlessly what God had established in their life. And that was the intent of of the brunch is to empower women to go after what God has called them to do without the fear, moving beyond it, stepping beyond it. And so not only are we just launching you out at the beginning of the year, but as we have different events throughout the year, we want to continue to encourage you and, and light that flame and stir that fire up in each and every one of you to continue to be fearless um, start to finish as you go throughout this year. So today, ladies, we've got some hot topics, and I'm so excited um, about February because when I first thought about February, I honestly thought about, okay, you know, February is the month of love, and in the month of love, we like to talk about you know, the love that we have for our family and our friends and and our loved ones. But one of the key things that keeps stepping out in the month of February, obviously because of Valentine's Day, is that love that we have for our husbands. And I am telling you, I would like for us to just, you know, kind of take our, our um our rose-colored glasses off for just a moment, and we're just going to have some real talk. Um, between couples this month. So we're just going to go through and talk about some hot topics. So those of you who are linked to us on Facebook, I'd love for you guys to submit some questions that you'd like for us to discuss as we're going throughout the month of February on the broadcast because we'd love to hear from you and we'd love to be able to answer any questions that you have or things that you may be facing. Maybe you're engaged, maybe you're single, and you're you know wanting to get your life situated for when God brings your mate. Or maybe you think that the guy that lately is there is the guy for your future. And so you want to posture yourself for your future life. Well, send us those questions, send us those those feedbacks as we go through our topics this this month and talking about relationships and talking about some of our stories of what we face before, during and during our married lives because we're experiencing God and the joy of God. And we've also experienced challenges and, and those of you who listen intently the broadcast, you know, um, that we share, you know, some of the dynamics that we face in our marriage and some of the dynamics that we face, you know, as single women and different things like that. So we want to just open up a box and, and be free for, you know, to have these discussions with you guys. And if we got to get into the nits and grits, we'll be willing to go there for you guys. So, so we're starting now, you know, our Valentine's edition all month long on Women Camp. And we're going to discuss intimate times with our spouses and and different things that, you know, what I kind of want to do is even today to talk about that, you know, if we can reflect on when we were single and the experience of the single life and leading us into preparation for marriage and, and how we handle this time of year as being a single person and different things like that. And then I want to kind of go into, as we go into the month, I, you know, we're going to have our some of our better halves on the line with us and, and on the broadcast to discuss some of those intimate moments that we've had and, and how we work through challenges that we may have faced as couples and then how we show love to one another as couples in our own way. Because I think one of the key things that we have to realize is that 
as you, you know, when I was younger in my marriage, there were things that expressed love to me. But as I've gotten more mature, I'm not going to say older, more mature in, in our marriage, then there are other things that I, that speak love to me. And so it's not that I don't value things or, or possessions or different things like that, but you begin to, the, the more mature you become, the more you begin to realize and recognize what's most important. And so your desires change, you know, as you mature. We'll say it that way. So I want to I want to dive into a little bit of the the topics as we you know go to this. So let's just hit a little bit of surface stuff, ladies, as we as we dive into this a little bit more. So so I know uh, I'm going to share a little bit about myself, and I hope Doc and, and Samantha will share a little bit about themselves. But when I was a single woman, first of all, um, before even realizing. Um, that, you know, before I ever got to the place to where I really understood what I wanted in life from a perspective of a mate, I had to get to know myself um, because there was a lot of things that I dealt with fear-wise, and I kind of talk about that a little bit in my book on fearless, um, some of the low self-esteem issues that I had and some of the, the issues that I had to deal with and I had to sort through before I could even get to the place of recognizing the mate that God had for me. And so I want to share this with you a little bit for those of you who are out there who are single and who are pursuing your life and and you believe that God is setting you up with a mate. You know, sometimes as women, if we're not careful, we can flow into a vein with someone out of desperation and, and think that they're supposed to be the one because, you know, we think all things are working together and it's just things great and this guy's just walking on water and then something happens and our world just totally turns upside down, right? And when that happens, you you can either walk in the vein of desperation and continue to settle or you can pump the brakes and decide that you're going to make the hard decision to figure out who you are, what you want, what you deserve, and then move forward with or without that person. And I think for me, that was a major choice in my life that I had to make. You know, I I didn't know or understand what I really loved or what I really wanted. And because I had made so many different decisions early on, I had put myself in a course, on a course where, you know, I either had to, to make the relationship that I was in at the time work or I had to it wasn't the right one for me, and and not for all the the the, the situations of of disappointment or the hurt that I was feeling, but because if I honestly would have done the evaluation before I ever got into the relationship, I would have realized it wasn't going to be for me in the first place. And I think sometimes, but that's an area where we struggle with as women because we may be. We may feel like, oh, I want this relationship to work, or, or, or Lord, when is it my husband, or is this the guy, or is that the guy? And instead of taking the time to get to know who we are and be comfortable in our own skin and fall in love with the woman that God has called us to be and, and appreciate our, our weaknesses and our strengths and, and allow those things to to be magnified. And, and I tell you, by the time that I met George, I was on, I was, I was like, you know, in my grind, so to speak, and I, and you know, I spending time with the Lord and just 
getting to know who I was and being comfortable with who I am as a woman and recognizing the beauty that God had given me on the inside that flowed to the outside. And I finally got into the place where I recognized I didn't need to settle. I didn't need to compromise myself. I didn't need to compromise my my values and, and my virtues for anyone if, if, if God had brought this person into my life, they would value and respect me and respect, you know, what God had placed over my life. But that took, it took a journey. I'm not even trying to tell you that it was like, oh, I went through a one-year process and I was straight. So it was about, you know, I'm going to say about three, four, five years for me to just get a grip on that. And I think that's the reality is that sometimes we don't want to give ourselves space to grow and to be comfortable with who we are because we give in to the loneliness that we feel and we feel like we've got to let that be filled up before, you know, before we get old or whatever. And so, ladies, I want you guys to kind of jump in on this, if you would. You know, Samantha and Doc, just share with us a little bit. Samantha, you go first. Good morning, everyone. God bless you. Uh, so, Prophetess, you're asking me to, to share about the, the beginning stages or the, the search as far as uh, – or, or the, yeah, the that beginning pop- single stage of getting yourself ready for your mate. And, and maybe you weren't even thinking about your husband, but you were just like, okay, I think this may happen, this may not happen. Um, and that soul searching that we, we wind up actually doing as a part of the process. Amen. Uh, and, and good morning, Pastor Charlene. God bless you. Um, I was, for me, it was, mm-hmm. I like to say it was quite a, quite a journey. Um, and I say that because I wasn't really, though I was raised in the church, and I like to tell people this, though I was raised in the church and there was a, a time in my life when I, I wasn't in the church, but I was I was more or less raised in the church. And out of all the, the sermons that I heard, out of all the things that I was taught, uh, no one ever said anything to me about relationships. And about the process of relationships and how, as a godly woman, I should conduct myself in relationships. Nobody ever took the time to to actually teach on that. And so, during the course of it, and over the 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 course of time, um, there were a lot of of I say a lot. It really wasn't a lot, but <laughs> there were there were a couple of people that that I called myself being in a relationship with. Um, but the thing about it is when you have um, God's heart and you want to see things the way that God sees it and you just want to love people, you, you, you call yourself being in, a, in, a, uh, in an exclusive relationship, but that doesn't mean they are. Um, and so you find that, you know, you go through that process of, of, of hurt and pain because, you, you know, you're, you're trying to look at, this worldly relationship, this secular relationship, worldly relationship that you're in through a spiritual lens. And it's not there because God is not there. And so, you know, going through that process in high school, uh, in the beginning stages of college. Now, I met my husband in, in college. Um, he was actually the first first uh, person, first man that I, I met in college that was a serious relationship. So we were together for a couple of years, separated, went our separate ways, and God brought us back together. But during that process of separation, um, there were a couple of other people that I met along the way. And it's amazing how you you learn 
so much from those relationships that break your heart, so to speak, because you, if you allow yourself to, if you allow yourself to. But the funny thing about it, uh, prophetess, is that I got to the, I got to the point where I said, Lord, um, obviously I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Because it seems like I'm, it's a lot of frogs around here, and, and obviously I don't know what I'm doing. And so, if you would just, if you would just show me who you want me to be with, Father, right. I'll, I'll, you know, I, that's what, that's my heart's desire. If you'll just show me who you want to be with, because in the midst of all that, when I asked God to do that for me, I was in the process of having that real relationship with the Lord. Um, I was right. in the process of. Going, growing in my relationship with the Lord, and so I said, Lord, it's obviously it's obvious I don't know enough, um, and so it's, it's it's interesting because during that time, I wasn't, I myself wasn't looking for anything. I was I was sold out. I was I was um, really serious about growing in my relationship with God and 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 um, just falling in love with Jesus and and somewhere during the course of it. He brings my husband and I back together, and and Pastor Tony is wow. going to be on the. He's not on here today, but he's he's planning to to be on the broadcast one of these Saturday mornings. And from his perspective, what he shares is that um, he was because I was I, I was actually engaged to someone else, and that that ended, and. It's interesting because Pastor Tony says on the on his end, he said, "Lord, she's about to marry somebody else, and you show me she's the one. What's going on? I don't understand." And so it was. It's interesting how the Lord brought us back together. And I don't really want to share his whole story, but you know, through that process of of discovering all these different types of people and that everybody doesn't see love the way you see love, that little seed of love that was planted in my heart. Although I wasn't taught about relationships, I was taught about love. And so that little seed of love that was planted in my heart caused me to step into the world thinking that, you know, God is love and everybody loves and is looking for the yes. same thing that you're looking for. And then reality hits. And it's so amazing how that reality can begin to uh, distort your view of relationships. Mm -hmm. And so um, I learned a lot through that process, and and it's just amazing how God transforms that whole um, situation when you allow him to. I agree. You know, um, I, I like how you were sharing how, you know, you started out in this, in this realm of, thinking that your love that you understood from God, you could just bring that into the world and they would just understand that that kind, that kind of love. And I didn't think about that from from my perspective, but I think you hit the nail on the head. A lot of times, you know, those of us who are women of faith, you know, when we're out there and we're single and we're looking for God to send our mate and we know the love of God, and though we may turn away from the our our upbringing, so to speak, we still understand that love concept, and so we're expecting that when we push out the love that God has given us in our heart in that way, that we it should be reciprocated. And I know for me that was that was an area of um, 
of naiveness that I had is that I expected that because I committed myself in a certain way, and you kind of hit on this earlier, you know, you commit yourself to someone, but they don't mean, that doesn't mean they're committed to you. And so you go into it with one type of a frame of mind, and then you walk out like, oh, my goodness, what just happened? <laughs> what just happened? And and it only is by the grace of God that that we are connected and realigned to to who God wants us to be with. And, and I don't want to take too much away from, for the, from the subject that we're on now because I really want to continue to deal with, you know, this this pre-phase to to marriage and us living our single lives because you know I'm gonna be I'm gonna be straight up honest you know I went I hung out I went to the club I you know I was you know I am a PK I'm a preacher's kid and and did the traditional thing when you leave home you go to college you're like mm, mom dad's not there good I get to do whatever I want to do I get to hang out I get to stay up late I get to do this I get to do that but there's something inside of you that begins to churn and you begin to realize that even with all the fun that you may feel that you're having, there's still something missing. And for me, I, you know, that's where I winded up finding my place back in church and finding my place back in the Lord. And as I did that, then I, there was a conflict because I was like, okay, Lord, you, you, you showed me how I'm supposed to, in a sense, live for you, but then how am I going to stumble upon this man that you have for me, you know, how am I going to stumble upon this this life that you've shown me? And I think sometimes as as single women, we forget that, that portion of Scripture where it doesn't say when a woman finds a husband, it says when a man finds a wife, he finds a good thing. And I think sometimes as women, we go searching and looking for a mate when God says, you know, he will find you. And and I truly believe and trust in it. I remember um, earlier talking to some some single ladies, and um, they were like, "Hey, I'm moving because I, you know, there's no there's no men here, and um, and so I'm moving so I can move someplace where there's going to be, you know, higher, basically a higher percentage of fellows so they can get hooked up." And um, but I remember saying to to one of the ladies, "Hey." Wherever my husband is, he will find me where I am because God said that when a man finds a wife, he finds a good thing. So if he, if he has not found me yet, then it's not time for me to be found. And and sometimes that's, that's a hard pill for us to swallow, and there could be various reasons why. Maybe Maybe there's some hurt that needs to be dealt with. Maybe there's an area in your life that God wants to be perfected, you know, and for me it was God was developing me for ministry. And he wanted to to bring forth that the call out of my life before I ever got to this place of being centered around, you know, a man. Because God knew before, before when I got involved in a relationship, you know, I was I was head over heels. That was it. That was, you know, I made that man my God. And so God knew, unless she felt falls in love with me, unless she falls in love with what I've called her to do, unless she really understands who I am then when someone else comes in, she's going to give her, give them her all. And I remember the time frame when God, you know, began to show me that he was about to bring my husband into my life. That was, that was what was resonant at the time. That was what was true in my life at the time. And it was that I said, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm content. I can live the rest of my life with just me and you. And, and at the time I had D and, 
And I was like, and I can just raise her as a single mom because I'm content. You know, nobody is going to be able to love me like you love me and take care of me like you take care of me, and I'm okay with that. You know, and it was like that settling that peace opened me up to be ready to to receive all that God had for me, and part of that was my husband. So, Doc, share with us a little bit about, you know, your your pre-marital um, state, you know, before you ever got married, how you handled yourself as a single woman, and, and the different challenges you faced um, before you ever got married. Wow. <laughs> wow, I was listening to you all, and I'm like, wow, my relationship was nothing like that. Uh, you know, just thinking it was so long ago But, you know, at the time I wasn't uh, in church Actually, uh, you know, I knew about God But, you know, he was, I would say he was You know, the farthest thing on my mind When it came down to, you know, uh, relationship And I say it in this wise because I really wasn't looking for a husband, <laughs> um, you know, because during those times, you know, I, you know, I had, you know, uh, couples relationships around me that I did see, but I just uh, was so engulfed in, you know, doing my own thing that, you know, I wanted to do what I wanted to do, and uh, it wasn't. Uh, a thought of a process of, you know, being married to anyone. I I had never really I don't believe no no one had actually before my husband came along had actually said anything about marriage uh to me until he came along. And and when that came up I wasn't I wasn't really uh sincere about it. I wasn't you know, I didn't think it was something that I wanted to do. <laughs> I felt as if, you know, I wanted to just continue living like I was living in. And I believe when you are not in Christ and you are out there, you know, and you, you know, you're living and a lot of times your cares and, and your concerns are, are, are the things that's, that's consuming your life is, is, is things that are so far away from God that, you know, you could care less about, you know, really the righteous things that come from God because I, I, I knew about marriage. I knew about, you know, you know, husband and wife because I had, you know, my aunts that were married. I had my, my grandmother, my mother, you know, all that had been married or, or still, actually most of them are still married to the same uh, man that they married uh, uh, during the time when I was growing up. But to think about, you know, myself, I wasn't even thinking about marriage. I wasn't really looking for someone, you know, in that wise as to be a mate or to be married to. And uh, I was caught up in myself. I wanted, you know, this career. I wanted to be, you know, this 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 female that, you know, was, was very successful and life with you know the uh, 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 with skills and and education and learning that you know I was going to make myself as this you know this strong powerful woman and but God knew all along what He had already purposed and designed for me to do and to be and when my husband came along you know, I didn't even see him in that wise. He came along talking about marriage. He came along talking about, you know, 
you know, taking me away from, you know, you know, the life that I was living. And I laughed at him. I thought it was all funny. I thought it was a joke. You know, it's like, you're going to do what? You know, right. You know, who's going to do something like that? You know, I'm me. You know, I do what I want to do, you know, in a sense. And and I had this non-caring, nonchalant type of, you know, attitude. But uh, the more he said it, in other words, he didn't say it to me once. He, you know, he kept, it was like he was like a, Sore. You know, you know when you, when you have a nagging sore that, you know, <laughs> it starts healing and then, you know, you knock that scab off and then it comes back again. Well, that, that's the way he seemed to me. He was oh. very, very, you know, uh, uh, aggressive with, you know, as soon as I say something to him, I think he's gone and he's not coming back. And we're now this is all times we're not dating. We're not talking about dating because I'm still consumed in me. And uh, he would just pop up, and he was like, oh, hey, how you doing? You know, you ready to, you know, to marry me now? You know, and I'm like, what? Are you crazy? I told you I'm not marrying nobody, you know. You know, and I, uh, and he, he just kept coming back, you know, and it was uh, uh, not quitting and not giving up. And I think the that is what really just started weighing on me, that uh, I, I believe it was God, you know, even before I even turned my whole life around, was already, you know, uh, uh, preparing my heart, you know, to, to, to receive this man into my life that I, at that point, didn't care anything about it, was not even thinking about. But once I opened myself up to him, then everything began to change. My life began to change. My cares in life began to change. My concerns in life began to change. And when he, you know, said what he said again about marriage and 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 and, and uh, being in God, it really opened up something in me, and I, I, it was as if I was drawn into it, and 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 I believe I was led really by the Spirit of God because I knew that that wasn't me, that wasn't what I had purposed, and it was as if God had turned my whole life around. Even you know, with my eyes wide open, and 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 me saying no, but yet my heart said yes. And once I walked into that relationship, it has not changed. This has been over forty years now, and 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 it has not changed. My love has not changed. My 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 my. And actually, I would say it's gotten greater because of God. It has you know it has been, it's gotten strengthened because of God. And 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 I and I, I I appreciate, you know, him as being the man that God connected me with. That I didn't have to be out there alone. I did, I, you know, I didn't I didn't have to be out there searching for something that I probably wouldn't have never found without me being connected to him the way I'm connected to him and God. And I'll leave it at that. <laughs> Wow, wow, wow. So we've been hearing from the women's perspective on what life was like pre-marriage. So I want to have my better half, um, Dr. George, to come on the line and share with us a little bit about what his premarital life was like and his preparation for marriage, if you would. Uh, Dr. George, just share with us a little bit about that. Thank you, Prophetess. Good morning, ladies. 
Um, thank you again for letting me come on the show. <laughs> well, I'm glad that I'm not a sore. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was a very interesting uh, way to put it, Dr. Charlene. <laughs> but um, my my, my story is... <laughs> oh, I know. I know. Uh, I, I, I think about uh, you and Bishop's relationship, and, and I'm like, God, you, you're good, God. You know how to put, put them together. Uh, you all are an inspiration to to myself and Bola, and so we just want to, I just want to tell you I appreciate you all's relationship and the way you live out your relationship uh, in, in the eyes of, of everybody. Um, and so I just want to give you your kudos and you and Bishop and thank God for you all being in our lives. Um, my, my story is kind of different. Um, my testimony is I know that God is the God of second chances. Um, I, uh, coming out of college, um, I, I, I married my, my first love, if you will, uh, and that didn't work out. Uh, it was, uh, for me, it was uh, very painful. Um, and when I met, when I met my, my wife, <laughs> I love you, Vola. When I met my, my wife, um, too. it was, it was simply God saying, George, I love you enough to, um, supply you with what I told you I was going to supply you with in the first place, a woman who would love me. And because she loves me, she loves you. And there, there's no facade behind it, and um, and and that's who I found in in my wife, in Prophetess Savola, and I thank God for it. Uh, when I met her back in '99, I met her at church, but my heart wasn't in church. My body was in church, and my body, and I was in church because I'd always been taught that no matter what you're going through in life. If you go to church, you might be there for the wrong reasons, but you're there in the right place. And so, um, all right, be real. <laughs> <laughs> and I also wanted to make sure that my my sons, that my boys, um, grew up knowing who God was. Even if I was at a point in my life where I had, in effect, put God on the shelf and said, "God, I tried it your way, and uh, look at what I got." Um, but I was I was gonna make sure that that my sons knew that God is God and God is real and no matter what they're going through, uh notice I said no matter what they're going through, um, God was gonna be there for them. Uh little did I know that uh no matter what I go through, God was always there for me. And so when I when I saw my wife, um I was in a very fallen state, but I looked up and I saw this an- this angel singing, and um, my mind wasn't in the right place. But <laughs> I was, <laughs> and so <laughs> and so when I when I met her, I um, I was drawn to her from the beginning. Um, she didn't know it, but um, and I and I was trying to fight it because at that time I was I was separated from my, my first wife and I had no intention uh, of getting getting back with with anybody at all. I was gonna raise my boys by myself, uh, show them that they didn't need a woman, that 
Uh, if they wanted a woman, there was only one thing that, that she could do for them. Um, but other than that, I taught them how to cook, how to sew, how to clean, how to take care of themselves. And uh, so, you know, so when God brought me into her life or brought her into my life, uh, it was truly, truly um, a miracle and a blessing from God. Um, I can tell you so many stories. Uh, but we don't have enough time, so suffice it to say, no. one, <laughs> Wednesday <night. laughs> one Wednesday night, we were at Bible study, and, and in, at this particular time... Oh, hold that, hold um, that, hold that, hold that, hold that. <laughs> okay. Hold that story, okay. hold that story, hold that story. Yes, we're going to hold that one. <laughs> You know, and the reason why is because we're we're gonna we're gonna dive even more into our stories about how God connected us as a couple, and I would love for that to be one of the stories that you tell because I already know you're gonna tell it. Uh, and I'm sorry, guys, who are listening right now. You're just gonna have to hold on until next week or the week following to hear that story. But um, I I'm so grateful because you know everybody is everybody's dynamics are different. You know, a lot of times, you know, we in church think that before a person gets saved um, or, no, before a person gets married, that everybody was saved before they got married or everybody was walking in the fullness of what God told them to do before they got married. So you've heard, you know, four different stories, you know, um, me, I was a single mom before I got married and had already experienced a very, very hurtful situation in, in um you know, in, in marriage, well, not in marriage, but um, having our daughter and just and just experiencing that and had to push past feeling like I was damaged goods and, and just allow God to heal my heart and allow me to realize who I was. And then you heard Doc say that she was not, she wasn't saved, she wasn't a Christian at the time, and that, you know, that her husband just basically stalked her until she gave in. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> but basically she wasn't thinking of marriage. She was thinking of fulfilling, you know, what she felt she wanted to do with her life. And then um, Samantha was basically saying she was engaged to, to be with someone else, and then that fell apart, and, and God just stepped in the middle and showed her, this is, this is who I have for you. You know, and um, and then Dr. George just shared with us, you know, his experience from, you know, marrying, you know, his first love and then things just falling apart and then God sending him to Florida. Because like I said, I believe that God will send my husband because he said when a man finds a wife. So that's, a, you know, an encouragement for those of you who are out there who feel like you may be in the middle of nowhere and how's your husband going to find you. Um, yeah, he'll find you because that's what God said. And, and so – all of these different stories, and I've heard other people's stories about how their lives were as a single person and how they migrated to this place of falling in love. And I think that before we get into the, all the nits and grits of our love in our marriages, that is very important for us to talk about what real love is. Because in our society and in our world, even in the church and outside of the church. So we're not going to even try to sugarcoat it and make like the church is perfect because God is perfect and he's helping us to become perfected. There is there is this idea of what love is supposed to be. And, and if we were to throw out there different ideas, everybody's concept in a sense of what real love is supposed to be 
from from a uh, um, from a short sighted view would be something so temporal. Someone to take care of me, uh, supplying all my needs. Someone to do this or that or the other, but not even recognizing that love, real love, true love, is a commitment. It's a sacrifice, and we don't really like to talk about real love. You know, because real love is good. You know, real love is, yeah, you're going to face challenges in real love, but real love means that I can work through those challenges with you. Real love means that, you know, when we say our vows through sickness and health and, you know, and, and uh, uh, to death do his part in good times and bad times, that when the times get bad, I just don't walk away. But there's got to be an element of real love that we invite into our hearts and to me, that comes through my relationship with Jesus Christ because I didn't really understand what real love was until then. And I'm going to tell you how I, how I understood the difference. You know, I, was, I, I alluded to being involved in a relationship. And in that relationship, I had confessed my love to this person that I had been dating. And, and the person was like, you know, really didn't know how to express love at the time or really didn't even understand if, if he was in love at the time, I guess, or whatever. And, and then, but the love that was shown to me and then the actions that happened afterward did not equate to the type of love that I understood from God. And part of me wanted to continue down the vein of allowing the hurt to continue to be elevated in my life because of the love that I have from God, oh, unconditional love, so I forgive you. You know, you you treat me miserably and I forgive you. And this happens and I forgive you. Um, But what we have to understand is that, that there is another love that's out there that does not love that way. There's there's a love that's out there that's characterizes characterizes real love, but it's not, and it's conditional. As long as you're meeting the standard, I love you. As long as you're doing it my way, I love you. And, and um, guys, if you would just chime in on this, we've got about um, 12 more minutes left in the broadcast today, and I want to talk about you know what real love is and how you guys begin to realize the difference between what real love was in your life and the love that that you were experienced that was basically, I'm going to call it fake love. So we got real love and we got fake love. And I want you to talk about the characteristics of the what you realized was fake love and, and then how you came to understand real love. And I know we're going to run out of time, but you guys give it, give it your best, give it your best in, in the time, the short span of time that we have to, to talk about this. And um, Dr. George, I want to start with you on that. Talk to us about what you saw as the characteristics of fake love and what you now know are the characteristics of real love. Well, the, what I thought was love was, as you talked about earlier, uh, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. And um, based on that, that's what I, that's what I did. I, I gave, 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 gave. Um, and, but the gay, the giving had something attached to it. Uh, it was, I'm giving so that you will. Um, and so, uh, when, when that wasn't reciprocated, then uh, I was, I was blown away. Um, but then I, I learned, and I actually had an example of, uh, real love as I was growing up with my father. Um, my father 
um, is uh, is a, a great man. Um, my my um, my rock, other than Christ, but um, on the face of this earth, when I think about uh, a man being a man, I look at my dad because I I, I finally began to see how unconditional love truly behaved and how it truly was. Uh, but I didn't see that until I met my wife. Uh, when I met when I met Prophetess and, and when we got married, um, you know, they say hurt people hurt people. Um, and I was a hurt person. I was a very hurting person. And I demonstrated that by my, um, my, my behavior toward towards prophetess, not that I was I was violent or anything toward her, but um, my background is military, and, it was, and I'm very regimented. I was very, very regimented when we got married, um, and so nothing that she did was good enough um, because my hurt was coming out, and I refused to be hurt again, and so I resorted back to being this, this militant, if you will. Uh, but even in all of that, she she could have left, and I would have left had it been coming back at me, um, had it been coming to me, but she didn't. Um, she never left. Um, I, there were times when I was so harsh, I had her rolled up in like a like in the fetal position, and then she'd come back and she'd still love me, and she'd still show me um, show me love like I had never even said anything harsh to her at all. And so she was demonstrating to me what Jesus, what Jesus said was that agape, what his passion is, you know, where he went and hung on the cross for us. Uh, she showed me that same amount of love. So I learned through, through my wife, um, and then my, what my wife was showing me was what I saw in my father, and what my father showed me was what Christ demonstrated uh, for all of us um, so that's that's how I learned, uh, and I'm still learning to get to that part, get to that way to love unconditionally uh, like that. But but that's how I came to see the difference between uh, fake love and and real love. Wow, wow. We have um, Bishop Anthony Hatcher. He is the husband of Doc on the line with us today. And so, Bishop, we're talking about fake love and real love and the characteristics of each. And if you would just share with us, you know, how we how we decipher between the two and even in your life how you begin to understand what fake love was and what real love was. Well, I can tell you my upbringing, uh, I had uh, – my parents, my parents. Uh, I tried to look to my parents for the true example of what I thought was real love, and uh, I saw it a lot in my mother. I saw it a lot in my in my grandmother. And, uh, but my, I used to be around my grandfather a lot. And my grandfather would would share things with me about growing up being a man. And uh, but my 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 life that I live at with my parents. I could see uh, in my mom what love was about because as I grew up, my father he was he was one of those guys you heard the, heard the uh, old story about Papa's Rolling Stone where he laid his hat was at home, but he he wasn't one of those guys that was just you know running from place to place. In his life, he he had habits or addictions like alcoholism and those type of things and. 
And it it stopped him from really coming into the fullness of what he was supposed to be doing in his family. In his family background, the tradition for all the men were to become deacons and preachers and and people of, you know, of the religious community. So uh, there was a lineage of hatchers that were great, you know, preachers, orators, professional people, doctors. On my mother's side, my mother's side was one of those, and her family were, her father was a contractor. He went around building stuff, uh, running farms, doing all those kind of things. And both of these people came together and, my mom was one of those women that tried to stick with you no matter what until things, you know, uh, got rough. And that relationship, it was, it became abusive. It became, uh, you know, flawed. It became, uh, you know, uh, I can't, I can't go into all the details of it, but it, 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 I can just say it was an abusive relationship. But what I saw in my mother was my mother was unwavering. She was consistent. She was committed. Even at times when, you know, she was attacked, she was ridiculed and ostracized. But she still wanted to love my dad. She still wanted to stick with my dad. So when I grew up and I I, I began to look for me a woman uh, because when my brothers and I grew up, we were, we were uh, you know, grew up in a negative society, but there were gifts and talents in us that everybody wanted to pull from us, and we thought, you know, we're using our gifts and talents just to make people love us, but we found out that's not what makes people love you. People have to love you from a true character, and when I was growing up, people would love you for what you had. That You know, if you had a little racing car, man, they wanted to be around you for what you had, but when that racing car broke down or wasn't functioning, uh, you know, at the level where you could take people around, guess what? Uh, they wouldn't be around you anymore. In my home, we used to have parties. And, oh, man, we used to have all these guys come over and party, party, party. But then we stopped having parties. We didn't have no more friends. We didn't, we, we couldn't, uh, you know, attract anybody. But then I, uh, at a young age, I had an encounter uh, with the Lord. Uh, I used to come out of school and, some of these mothers in the church would bring me over to the church and start teaching me certain things and start teaching me what love was all about. And so I, I ran across this young lady, uh, my brother Clinton, uh, God bless him, but I, I, I uh, ran across this young lady uh, through him, and he was saying, man, this this, this young lady is a nice young lady. So I was, I said, well, you know, I, I you know, if I meet somebody, I don't, I'm going to be serious. So what I used to do with with, with, with Charlene, I, I used to try to let her know I'm serious. I, I'm, I'm not going to waste no time. I'm not going to play around. I'm serious. So I had cut off everything that I used to do because, you know, my family was in the nightlife. We we used to, you know, uh, uh, be in the entertainment business and all that stuff. So I cut off everything. I told my dad, I'm just going to go out to one woman. That's it. So when I saw Charlene, First thing I did was I wrote her a love note. Say, hey, would you like to, you know, get married, leave this place, and, and have a better life? And you know, I would always. You, she said I was a sore, but really, I was. I'll be honest with you, I was more or less like a pest because I was like, this is it. I, I'm not leaving nobody else. 
I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna love this woman right here. That's gonna be it. Now, you know, I I grew, I grew up as a man. You know, I was in the back of the camp. I I was attacked. I grew up in a negative society. But I always said that if I found that one person, that was gonna be it for me. So, I I mean, I I, I when I saw her, I I went working. I went and got me a job. I say this woman ain't gonna want no man that can't take care of. So I went and found me a job. I started doing all those things that I felt. But there's a whole lot of things that I can share. But uh, uh, I just, you know, my grandfather told me, he said, look, if you're going to love a woman, you got to show that woman some respect. And you're going to have to show that woman that you're real. Because if you don't show her that you're real, she's not going to come to you. And my grandfather would show her, show her that, hey, look, you, you got a job, you're going to work, you're going to do those things that, uh, to make her happy, because I told her I'm I'm an adventurous person. I want to travel. I want to see the world, and so uh, we 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 came together. But that's another story, right there. I can't go into all of that. But yeah, you yeah, know, I, I I enjoyed you know seeing the role models between my mom and my grandfather and my grandmother, and uh, it was a unique experience for me because you would have to understand the environment that I grew up in to see where God has brought me to where I am right now. Amen. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Samantha, I'm going to put you on the spot. Come on. I can't come behind Bishop. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, okay, I'll make it quick. Um, I, I would have to say, taking taking a, a cue from Bishop, it was the the examples that I saw in my family, and I grew up in in two different um, environments. One that was that was uh, sold out for the Lord, loving the Lord, Holy Ghost, be a fire baptized, and one that was the exact opposite. And so um, I grew up seeing what I, I would call the best of both worlds because it gave me the best example of choose this day whom you go serve. And so I saw the different relationships. I saw the difference that God made in relationships. Um, I have an uncle and an aunt, uh, Bishop Nathaniel Belcher and my Aunt Joyce, and I love them today. And they are my examples of what a godly relationship is and that was the the type of relationship I always had in the back of my mind that I wanted um something that was peaceful something where you could you could see the love and you could see how he just um made sure she was okay and and that was what I wanted versus having a relationship where I had to to you know pretty much fight in order to to um to be in this relationship and so I would I would have to say that was always in the back of my mind, and what I saw uh, made the difference between fake love and real love. That God made the difference. Wow, wow! So I'm so excited. We 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 only have about a minute left on the broadcast, but there was so much here today. I hope that you guys will tune in next week as we dive even into more about dealing with how we begin to express love in our marriage relationships. And the key thing is is pushing out the things that we knew were, were or I should say generational things 
that were hindrances to us expressing the love that God had given to us, but we were able to push past those in order to express love in the way, real love in the way. So thank you guys for joining us today on the broadcast. Looking forward to having you all with us next week as we continue this conversation during our Valentine's edition, Real Talk on Real Love. We love you guys. God bless you, and we will see you on the next broadcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Goodbye.